temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. All right, welcome into the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show behind the show, the cutting room floor of the DA show on this week between Christmas and New Year's. A lot of moving parts on the mothership. This is Mraz, I guess, hosting, if you will, side A or the PGP in general with a special guest here on the phone to chime in. None other than himself for the second time here I'm on the phone this week, Damon Amendolar. DA, hello. Good morning, Mraz. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you and the Mrazes and all the uh, all the listeners out there. As well, yes. Merry Christmas to you as well. Hope all was well in the uh, upper banks of New York State on Christmas Day with you. In the upper the upper banks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you get ten minutes north of the city, it becomes the upper banks. That's the end of it. That's a good point. Well, we did a lot of driving uh, this year. This was uh, after the Bourbon Bell and I got married. We said, you know, we got to try to make sure we, we do both families. And so her family's in Rhode Island. My family is in, uh, in New York and the Hudson Valley. So a lot of driving back and forth. But we, we got them both and uh, got them both in, you know. And so we, we, I think we won both ends of the doubleheader. And now, uh, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna enjoy the uh, the post game celebration. Yeah, and there's obviously plenty we have to get into in the PGP, especially a Holly Jolly Bellotti and all that. But you bring up a good point. It's your first Christmas married, and I, you know, as much as it's uh, if you live with your girlfriend before you get married, really it doesn't feel like a lot changes. But when it comes to holidays, it no longer becomes yeah, I could split off and go with my family for a little bit, then I'll meet you later. You have to be with both sides of the family. Like if you're not with your significant other when they're with their family and vice versa, it becomes a very odd situation. So it does change things on the holidays a little bit. That's exactly right. You know, nothing in your life really changes when you get married. As I always say, the only thing that ever changed was instead of me saying this is my fiance, I say this is my wife. It's the only literal thing since we were living together anyway for a couple of years. It wasn't that big a deal. But the thing that does change is holidays. You don't. You're now attached to the hit. There is no splicing off, like you said, and one person does one thing, one person does the other thing. So with that as the backdrop, uh, this was a big Christmas and uh, a big Thanksgiving. We did both uh, both hits as well. But, uh, you know, look, I I think the good thing is I, I didn't marry somebody who's uh, who, who, you know, grew up in Baton Rouge, so there's no flight involved. <laughs> but uh, the bad news is I, I didn't marry somebody from my hometown either, so there's some driving involved. But uh, but it was all good. And uh, like I said, when I called up the show uh, on Christmas Eve, we were we were driving the Bourbon Bell and I from Rhode Island to New York and listening to the show with you hosting. And I want to start there. I want to get your feedback uh, and your reaction. How do you think you did in your first role hosting the show? Well, it's funny because I just got done as we're taping this on Wednesday. It's Wednesday now, right? I'm losing track of these days. 
hosting for Taz and the Moose. And while I had a good time and I thought I did a good job, and obviously I've hosted plenty of shows now for a year, I walked away feeling like the Christmas Day DA show was my best show yet. Now, if you want to rip me to shreds, anything you heard, that's fine. But I think there was a certain comfort level, and I love the fact that I could step in there and do the show that we've done for five years with a lot of the bits and the and you know the stuff and all the listeners remain the same. And to be honest, I was shocked at how many phone calls slash tweets I got. I thought I'd turn on that my Christmas morning and nobody would listen until it was podcasted later on. But uh, I walked away extremely happy with how it went, and I had a blast. Awesome. There were two takeaways for me. Number one, um, I was also floored by the amount of phone calls you were getting. And I even turned to the Bourbon Bell and I said, this is amazing. On a holiday, like where everybody's, you know, they might be listening, but they don't have time to necessarily call in. I thought that the fact that you had that many calls was awesome. And it seemed like that many calls of people that were familiar with you. So that was really cool. And I mean, the one thing that's awesome is in this time slot that we do now on a holiday, you're especially Christmas morning, you're cleared on like every affiliate. So basically the entire country was getting to hear you, which was cool. And then the second part that I I thought was awesome was that you were consistent with the show. And and Amber Lee, I mean, my wife, you know, the Bourbon Bell was saying, Mariah should host all the time for you. And I said, I know, I think this is awesome. She goes, this sounds like the show and this is the best, this is what's great about it. And I couldn't agree more. So I, you know, I, I probably took too much of a shot at uh, Jody Mack. <laughs> yeah, old man Chris Moore. I couldn't <laughs> I had to let you roll off that one. Yeah, I also, I think I called them both Bozo, Phil, and Host. And that probably wasn't fair because I like them both. But, uh, no, I, I hope that you get that shot more. And uh, I thought it was great. I just, I loved hearing Soundcheck. I loved hearing all the, the stuff that we do. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and on that note, I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot because obviously there's a big shoes to fill and, and you allow them to do that. So we're not going to get all sad because we make fun of each other anyway. But I, I really what I was interested in the most was I wanted to do Trash Tuesday. I didn't care that it was Christmas Day. It was a Tuesday, and that to me was most important than anything else was, you know, something's going to bother you on Christmas, so let's do Trash Tuesday. But with Trash Tuesday, as you know, comes, you know, usually I do it, you do it, the body does it, Bogus does it. I'm looking around. I got Jacob Wilkins, and I got Dan Silverman, who sometimes fills in for the body, and I got Brian McKeon producing. I said, look, I don't know what I'm getting at any of these other three guys. They, they were pretty much familiar with Trash Tuesday, so I took a shot. But I was blown away. Forget me with a Trash Tuesday at the end. I did the usual rotation. You know, Brian McKeon took my spot away we went. Brian McKeon trashed me, which is par for the course, and had sound to back up why he was trashing me. Dan Silverman did a Pete the Body imitation when he tr- when he did his trash, almost like to fake like he was Pete, which was great. And Jacob was, you know, Jacob had kind of played the bogus role. I walked away looking at the cast, the characters you could have on a Christmas morning going, damn, you know what? That was pretty damn good. I'm happy we did Trash Tuesday with everybody. I'm happy that those guys stepped up because one thing that I noticed was McKeon was getting a little barky, a little, a little chirpy on the mic. Yes, and, he was. Uh, you know, if I was there, it would have been shut down real quickly. <laughs> I would have said, look, you got to know your role here. You're a new kid on the block. You, you can't talk on the air. That's not going to happen until you, you build up some pelts on the wall. But you let him talk, and I thought that might jam you up because, you know, you give a, you give a guy like a McKeon just a little morsel. He wants to eat the entire uh, box of cookies. But, you know, look, if he delivered on the Trash Tuesday, then I suppose it's a bit of a reward. Well, it is. And I will tell you, I thought about that because I've worked with Brian McKeon before. If he's listening, you know, good for you, Brian. But here is why I rewarded him and I didn't mind it. 
I drove into work. I woke up very early to do Christmas morning with Danielle because although I was working Christmas morning, I wanted to still do, you know, wake up, do presents with my wife and everything like that. So I, you know, I woke up extremely early. I was tired. I had Christmas Eve at my place the night before. I was on maybe five hours sleep. But I came in expecting that if I wanted to do sound check, I was going to have to, if you will, type out sound check, look for the audio, and do basically all the production work I normally do for you, but for me hosting. So take on two things. I walked in here and I got handed five pieces of paper of a topic list in depth from McKeon and a whole page uh, of not three, but four sound check clips and the explanation exactly how I'd make it. He produced the entire show like I would. And I wasn't expecting that, so I said, you know what, I'm going to reward him. I'm not going to kill him as long as he doesn't get down my throat. Okay. All right, look, that's, that's, what, that's what good coaching is. And at, at the end of the day, you know, when you're the host, you're also the quarterback. you got to decide you know, how, you, how you spread around the offense. And if McKeon put in the work during the week and he put in the film or right. whatever, and you know, he's, ready for, he's ready for the game, then you want to run a few plays for him. So I understand that. That's, that's good quarterbacking. Yeah, that's that's all. That's I that's I just say, you know, you give you throw the kid a cookie and listen, it was it was fine, it was the way it was. But hey, listen, I hope going forward I do get that shot because I think uh, you know, frankly at this point I'll just say it, I deserve it. So that was that was where I stood. <laughs> there you go. I want you I want you uh on Thursday when the bosses are back to walk into their office and say, Guys, I deserve this. That's it, damn it. I deserve it and you're I'm not asking, I'm telling you this is the way it's gonna go down. Right, yeah. Yeah, we'll that's see that, how that goes. Yeah, it should work out well. <laughs> Oh boy! We need to talk. We need to talk about the the body and uh, you know Holly Jolly Blotty, the wedding. I mean, yes. there's so much to get into. A there's lot. So much to get into. It's just set the scene. It's me and the Bourbon Bell, you and Danielle Bogus and his wife Katie Bogus at the same table, and then Moose, Mark Malusis, and his wife Giannotti and his wife and Mikey B, who produces Taz Moose and his wife at another table. My first question is this. Did Pete the Body Bilotti purposefully split us all up so that we couldn't be like the annoying, obnoxious table altogether? Did we need a divide? Did he do that on purpose? Yeah, I don't know. That was a little odd to me. And the funniest part about this is that a lot of times at weddings, you'll get eight people to 12 people at a table. We ended up basically with like six and six. But the difference was that Tiki Barber and his wife were supposed to be at the other table with Chinati Moose, and we were supposed to have Bart Scott and his wife. And both former athletes ended up not coming to the not coming to the wedding. And Bart, in typical Bart fashion, kept telling Pete he could come. And then that day, remembered he had to be down in Baltimore, so couldn't make it. <laughs> so I, if it was not for the former athletes and you know, kind of half you know, RCPS uncommittal, I think we would have been together. So it's hard for me to say there was a definitive split because of that. Okay, so. Uh, I thought it worked out great because um, it was like kind of like shows were together, and it was like me, you, and Bogish, and then it would have been Bart, and then they, you know, so it was our show, and then their show, because Giannotti was the former morning show host, obviously, and then you have Moose, who's the current morning show host, right. and <clears throat> Tiki and everything, so I, I thought it, it worked really well. I just didn't know if you thought that Pete was like, hey, we can't have all these monkeys together because they're going to be too obnoxious. But I think you're right. I think it was just strategic in terms of the of the, the you know the shows, and uh, I thought it really worked. The, the next thing is, I want to honestly say that was one of the best weddings I've ever been to. I agree. And the reason the reason the food was very good and the setting was really cool and the people that we all had there was really good, but the big thing was total. Bye 
buy-in on the dance floor from square one. And when you have like 85% of the wedding already dancing before dinner, you know, it just adds that next layer of like everyone's having a great time. And I I was floored by the buy-in of how many people were dancing. Yeah, and I, you know what? At this, I will use the Permission Granted podcast right now to proclaim this. This is my apology for after Pete left, me on the air saying it was a little uh, you know, rude of Pete to have a, ho- a holiday wedding, if you will, right before Christmas time. Because I walked away feeling the same as you. And I think that dance floor you know, part of this you speak to, I think people were just, you know, they're stressed out. They've been shopping, getting ready for family, all that. It was a night to cut loose, to get on the dance floor and just relax. And I thought the wedding actually in the end, and once you were there, you know, the idea of maybe committing to a wedding right before Christmas might be hard, but once you were there, well, at that point, you might as well blow off some steam and have the best time in the world. And I thought it was great. The food was excellent. And as hasn't been brought up yet, the NYPD bagpipes come in and surprise everybody during dinner and play for about 10 minutes, including some holiday songs. Pete's getting up and he's Irish step dancing and doing whatever to the bagpipes. You don't see that at a wedding every day. I thought there was so much uniqueness involved in this wedding. I loved it. I did too. It was a top five wedding for me all time. Um, and the bagpipers were great. It just was a cool, unique twist. And I thought Pete is a great, he just dances to anything, which I love. Like he, he, we mentioned this on the PGP. He danced at our wedding, my, my right. wedding earlier in the summer, quite a bit. Um, the second one up from, yeah, correct. Yes. The second one, um, he was great. And his, his, uh, sister was dancing. So I just think it runs in the family. Like the Bilates are dancers, <clears throat> which it really spoke to. Uh, and also, I mean, Bridget was dancing, Bilotti's wife, so she was great. Bilotti was great. The, the, everything was really good. Uh, I just was, I was like, wow, this is just such a good vibe. Um, I think the only thing that, you know, for you could have been a negative, for me it was a positive, was that Katie Bogus just went in on you for trashing uh, Bogus's <laughs> career. You'll never live that down. And one of the highlights of my wedding, well, of the wedding for me, my night was just hearing her just lay into you. And you know, you deserve it. It was. And then Danielle, your wife jumps in. Who did I marry? I couldn't believe you said that. And it was just like reliving you crushing Bogus's career all over. And I was loving every minute of it. Yeah, so I didn't realize this was going to be a problem when I sat down. But my chair at the table ended up being literally right in between my wife and Bogus's wife. And I'm here. It was like hearing the same person go back and forth. And I was hearing the argument between them. Like, all right, enough. I get it. But the best part of that, yeah, you don't even mention is that by the end, I believe me and Katie Bogus had an understanding. We had a respect for each other. And she even extended a Christmas Day invite because where I was going at Daniel's grandma's was right near the Bogus house. But Bogus was quick to jump in and revoke my invite because he said his mother was going to be there and she would never forgive me for what I said about his career. So while Katie had forgiven me, they had warned me, you better not show up to Christmas because Bogus's mother might actually kill me. It was great. It was like... It was like a, a first take where, like, you were just getting bombarded by two other hosts about how bad your take was. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle's in one ear, Katie Bogus in the other ear. And then, you know, Katie was also reliving, reenacting her day, the day that you did it. And she said, I guess she was in Florida and she turned on her phone because she was flying. And then she turns on her phone and there's like a million text messages coming in of people just like crushing you. Like, can you believe what he said about uh, Andrew? You know, who is this guy? Yada, yada, yada. And, and the story is so funny. And yeah, she seems to have warmed a little to you. See, I, I think you're hard to hate in person. I think you're easy to hate over the air. 
And so oh, thanks. That's warm. a good way to look at it. <laughs> so she kind of warned, warned you, but, you know, you haven't met Mrs. Bogish or Mama Bogish. So, yeah, right now Mama Bogish still hates your gut. Yeah, so I did not make the Christmas Day Bogish appearance, but that would have been a good ending <laughs> to the story of the year if I just show up at Christmas. I got the poinsettia flower ready to go, maybe bring a little <laughs> apple crumble. Hey, guys, I'm here. All is forgiven. But they warned, they warned me that was that was not to be. But, geez, that was a great time. And by the end, I mean, I – I was drinking at that open bar a lot of vodka. I'll be honest. I was drinking a lot of vodka and mixing in some beers. You should never mix. They had a Zeppeli uh, giveaway at the end. You know, the fried dough mixed with the powdered sugar. And by the end, I'm waiting for my Uber out of there. And you walk out. I'm literally on a bench just covered in powdered sugar and Zeppelis. And I just can't move. I've eaten and drank so much. And that's usually the sign of a good wedding. When you got to roll me into an Uber to get me home, then I know I've made it. <laughs> it's a great sign. If I could just set it up for the listeners. <laughs> we're we're wrapping up. Uh, the, the wedding ends at midnight. Um, I think a couple of people had left like around eleven or so. Me and you uh, and our wives, we stuck it out until nearly the end, and so it's almost midnight. And they're kind of wrapping up the dance floor inside. So we say, okay, we say our goodbyes to Pete and Bridget and everybody, and we we head out. And I'm a little bit behind you because I got to get my coat from Coat Check. So me and the Bourbon Bell are at Coat Check. And so we walk outside, and you and Daniel are already out there, and you are sitting on a bench. Your eyes are almost rolled into the back of your head. You are so drunk. You're kind of mumbling, and you've got, like, powdered sugar on your (laughs) face. (laughs) And I just looked and said, yeah, it's time to go. (laughs) This is is the last scene in a movie here. This is, okay, fade to black. We're going to get our Uber. (laughs) We'll, uh. We'll, we'll reconnect after Christmas. I mean, it, the site was of one to behold, and it should be noted that as I posted on uh, on social media, this was just after you basically bumping your booty into Bilotti. I don't know why you were you were like twerking on the dance floor, but into Bilotti. So it's like Bilotti's almost humping you, and you're <laughs> look. All bets were off at that point. All bets were off. I didn't know what I was doing on the dance floor. And then there's a follow-up. after My ride home was about 22 minutes, I think, was what my Uber said, right? So I get home. But in typical like story of my life, we left my dog at my parents' house. My sister was just watching the dog for the night. We didn't have to worry about you know somebody letting him out. So she just stayed. The dog stayed at my parents'. We had the Uber drop me at my parents' house. So the problem is the Uber's not going to drive me and Daniel and the dog home after that. So I have to walk the six houses down, but pretty drunk. My feet hurt. I was, you know, if you could picture the tie is now undone around my neck. I'm carrying my coat, even though it's freezing. I got the dog on a leash, and I'm, like, limping because I don't know what I did on the dance floor. The six houses home. So if any neighbors were looking out, they we could have looked like people just robbed something. Like, what are we, what are these people doing in suits at 1 a.m. in freezing weather walking a dog? It looked like a whole total disaster. <laughs> That's really great. It was such a great wedding. I, I just can't say enough about Bilotti and, and Bridget. They're just phenomenal. It was such a fun night. And sitting next to Bogus and Katie Bogus, what you realize after we had the, uh, we, we kind of had like a, a come to Jesus moment after the holiday party. Me and you were like, wow, Bogus is really fun at parties. Again, Bogus and Katie Bogus are just, they're a power couple. I mean, how fun were they? They were up, they were dancing, they were joking, they were telling stories. They just seemed like they had such life in them and i was like that's the type of people you want at your at your wedding table if you're hanging out you know having to talk to people they were phenomenal yeah i agree and the sad part is now that you know basically the christmas party that we saw bogus shine at is over 
and this wedding is over, I, I, I just don't know when's the next time you get a, a Katie and Andrew Bogus party situation. I need more of it. I left wanting more, and I just don't know when I'm going to get it in 2019. I know. It's so true. You know, it's like a, it's like a rookie that flashes at the end of the season. You're like, I, do I have to wait the entire offseason now to see this guy again? <laughs> right, right, right. But, like Baker Mayfield. You know, yeah, yeah, we got to wait a whole other offseason to, to see Baker. So that was it was a great night, uh, and everything you know, everything's been great around the holidays. Everything's been great around uh, around the show. Uh, you know, there's just one dark cloud right now that's hovering over us, and I think we all know what that is. Yes, Jacob Wilkins. Yes, I mean, and and the darkest of all clouds. So as you bring that in, uh, Jacob did appear on the DA show with me hosting on Christmas Day, and, you know, we we pressed him on it. We played back some clips, and that led to you calling into the show. And by the end, uh, I, Jacob Wilkins read what I'm calling a half-assed written apology. And he, he at least seems semi-prepared for that, but I, I, as you pointed out, I don't think he grasps how much he bombed. Yeah, I think he thinks that because it was so bad, it's kind of funny. And... The problem was it wasn't so bad, it was funny. If it was so bad, I was kind of hoping that the segment was going to be so bad it was funny, but it wasn't bad enough. And I think just because he didn't put his heart into it, and I think now he's kind of apologizing, thinking that we're not serious. We're kind of like, you know, just milking it for all it's worth. But what he doesn't realize is we are serious, that we we are wondering whether this is the worst segment in show history and other listeners have agreed to it, and I'm appreciative that he actually had a prepared statement, but when he was reading it, it was kind of like, ha-ha, I don't really need to do this. No, Jacob, you really need to do it. You need to apologize, and you need to make this good, because, I mean, it has brought down the integrity of the show in a big way. Yeah, and on that note, DA, you are unaware of this, and I found this out as I left on Christmas Day. Uh, Jacob's not done answering the critics. Jacob is in for Andrew Bogus on Friday when you return for the DA show. Oh, well, he's getting filleted. <laughs> he's getting, he's getting waterboarded on the show. I mean, it, you just, because I, here's, you, you pressed him on why wasn't he better prepared? Why didn't he have more stuff? And those are all the right questions to ask. But my follow-up after I said the interview was, I want to know if he feels bad. I want to know does he feel remorse or regret? What made him bomb? And that's where I'm really going to get into the kind of the, the psychosis of this. You knew it was a big spot. You know you bombed. How do you feel? And I, that's what I, that's going to be my target going in on Friday. Okay, and now it should be noted. I think it's Friday, but now that I'm thinking it actually could be New Year's Eve day, that Black Monday. That could be it. It's either Friday or Monday, but one of those he will be with you. Now I'm just trying to remember because everything he said was going in one ear and out the other, but he will be with you. But, yeah, I would agree. Uh, he just he doesn't. He doesn't get it, and he's leaning, in my opinion, on the legacy he built with the Chicken Challenge and such, and that he was almost allowed, this is the way I kind of felt about it as I you know, sat back on Christmas night and thought about everything that went on with Jacob. It felt to me as if he thinks he's allowed one mulligan. But the problem is, people are allowed a mulligan, but they're not allowed the worst mulligan of all time. As I said, uh, does anybody remember Lance Armstrong as the greatest cyclist anymore? No, so nobody's going to remember Jacob Wilkins as the greatest announcer of ridiculous food challenges on the DA show anymore. You're going to remember him for all that's gone wrong in his life, and that segment was what went wrong. 
Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head on the show, and you kept saying it's a legacy thing. This is a legacy thing, and you kind of kept hammering that home, and I, I would agree. I turned to the Bourbon Bells we were driving and said, he's right. It's a, it's a legacy thing. You know, nobody remembered that Bill Buckner had 2,500 hits in his career. Nobody remembered the game-winning RBI. They remember, of course, Game 6, 1986. So this is where Jacob is, and I think kind of like Bill Buckner, he might have to go into hiding for years until he lives this down. And there's not another chicken challenge right now to be to be had. We don't have a wienership coming up until July 4th. There's a long gap here before he can win the critics back, including us. So I don't know what this means for him, because if he's really understanding of how powerful the moment was in, in failure, yeah, he's going to have to he's going to have to work hard to build his legacy back. Yeah, and he finds himself in a moment. You know, a lot of people want to criticize Eli Manning and Philip Rivers right now, right? Those are hot topics. Philip Rivers is playing great here, and Eli Manning hasn't. But peop, the debate now has come as those guys near the end of the career are they Hall of Famers? And they get killed because of the error they played in. Because you look around, they were not necessarily top five when you consider, you know, a Brady and a Peyton Manning and a Rodgers. And if you follow me here, what I'm getting at is. He had this happen at the worst possible time because we are trying to pump up Andrew Bogish's play-by-play career, and he's really good. And we're going to find things in 2019 to get Bogish there on the horn. And then when you consider a guy like Joey Waller, who's also a play-by-play guy in his own right, you know, every time we take him and we give him the ball to go on the mound, he rarely disappoints. And then there's a guy like Marco Belletti who is grinded and maybe ultimately a fourth or fifth starter, but he's done enough to earn a contract somewhere along the line with the DA show in 2019. And I think what's going to happen to Jacob now is he had that moment happen at the worst time that now he will be punished by the error of guys similar to him that he's in because he has to go down the line. He's at least fourth on the depth chart when I consider those guys now. (laughs) You know, it's the juice ball era. And yeah, you have 500 home runs, but it's just not necessarily going to get you in. I wonder how Marco's going to feel about being called a fourth or fifth. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I just worked. I actually just worked with Marco on Taz and the Moose, and a couple things came out that were great that could only happen to Marco. <laughs> Number one, I went to management and I said, "Please do not make Marco work Christmas Eve. He's worked every holiday. He deserves one off with his kids." <laughs> and as it turns out, they didn't. They listened to me. They didn't make Marco work, but Marco ended up taking a job working Christmas Eve because he wasn't given this working somewhere else anyway, and he made less money there. So he told me, "Thanks, I cost him money." So he was not upset with that, even though I was trying to do the right thing. And number two, I just found out that Marco had a cat named Eli. Like, I have a dog named Eli. And when he had the kid, he said no more with the cat. And he sent the cat to the in-laws. And he said, I could care less what happens to that cat the rest of its life. I wasn't having it live with my kid. And I called him basically a terrible human being for that. And he went off on me for that, saying, you know, basically, I don't understand what it's like having an animal and a kid at the same time. So Marco's not happy with me as it is. But that was fourth and fifth starter material is all I'm saying. (laughs) Well... It's a bang and a bang and a boom on Christmas Eve. No question. No question. <laughs> well, that is that is a hell of a that's a hell of a PGP right there. We really hit a lot. I'm, I'm very happy with this PGP. I th- I think so as well. So this, uh, as you know, you can follow us and get this at all the usual places, right? DA iTunes, Radio.com, you name it. The PGP will be up there. And now, uh, you know, pass the baton to you. I've hosted a couple shows. Now you get back in the big chair on Thursday and Friday, and then I come back for a little bit on the weekend, and then we'll all reconvene again next Wednesday on January 2nd. Yeah, on Thursday and Friday, I'm filling in for Mariah's on the DA show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, DA, DA, clearly I did a good job. I'm filling in for Zach Gelb Friday into Saturday, so that's my next step here this week. There you go. There you go. Bang it a bang it a boom. All right. Very good. Yeah, I'll be back on the air for the uh, the show Thursday, Friday, and I'll be on the air on uh, 
on uh, New Year's Eve, which is Monday, and then I'm off New Year's Day. So uh, we got some good shows coming up. Yeah, and a great uh, guy, Friday, by the way, great guest, former Chiefs running back Larry Johnson will be on the DA show Friday. Yeah, D-Ben just uh, texted me that, which is very cool. So that should be good. So, uh, yeah, man, have a happy uh, day after Christmas, and uh, enjoy your time off, and uh, we'll hold down the fort for you. All right, and then, then same to you. And that will do it for this week for Mission Red Podcast. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.